Hey, it's Bridget and Liz, and you're listening to Dude, Dude Guess, Guess What? what? Hey guys, it's episode 62 of the Dude Guess What podcast. OMG, here we are for the third week in a row. Are you guys shocked? Because we are. Color me shocked and amazed. Yeah, um, I'm still just shocked. Me too. Our, we're back in our podcast era phase. <laughs> Whatever I know, I'm that. like... People hate when people use that so so much. I know, but you know what? I don't care. Yeah. Do you? No, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, okay. go Bridget. on. Tonight, earlier, Bridget and I, well, my dad listened to our podcast for the very first time. So if you're listening, you're hi, Jeffy. Yeah, hi, Jeffy, listening. We'll send you the, we'll send you the link on Thursday morning. Um. <laughs> But my dad listened to our podcast last week for the first time, and I was impressed that he finally did it. Literally a year and a half later, we started in March of twenty one. <laughs> yeah, is that a year and a half? I don't know. It's March of twenty twenty two. Oh yeah, twenty two. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, um, and he told me he he told us he liked it. At, well, first off, he said, "I want to know the stats before I continue." <laughs> I'm like, oh, so you only listen if it's a big podcast? Like, I don't know. Um, but Bridget went through and looked at our stats and she told uh, told me our most high performing episodes. Mm-hmm. And I want you to just all think back about all the episodes you've listened to over the last 62 up uh, 61 episodes. Now now the 62nd one here. And I just want you to think about what your favorite episode was so far. Okay. I'm gonna give you two seconds. One, two. Okay. I was absolutely shocked that it was the one about our vacations. Yeah, I was telling Liz that that one is our number one and it has 591 downloads. Yes, which to us is a lot. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I don't even follow, I don't even have, or I don't even follow that many people on Instagram, 591. So like, that's a lot. Yeah, me either. But I was, yeah, I, I wish I actually, so I haven't really checked our stats in a while. And, um, I saw that the other day and I cause there was one, um, it was actually one of our, it was like our first guest speaker. Um, they talked about losing their daughter and that one was our number one for a long time. And then some reason this one is number one. And I was shocked because that one is so random to me. I know. Me too. I'm like the vacation mode. That's it. That's where we're landing on. Yeah. Most popular. Not Disneyland. Not. Oh my gosh. What are some other funny ones? Not our uh, unpopular relationships. relationships. Yeah. Relationships. You guys come on. Yeah. I was shocked. either Either way. Go back and listen to your favorite episode. If you want to mm-hmm. and yeah, tell anyways. us, yeah. And tell us, or tell us what your favorite episode was. Cause I obviously like all our episodes. If I could, maybe I should, maybe I'll go back and listen to all of them again, just for kicks and giggles. Oh my gosh. I like want to sometimes too, but that is just so much time. I know. I know. Anyway. So yeah, I just thought that was funny that our most performing, highest performing 
episode was the vacation mode. Mm-hmm. From, I don't know when that was actually. But anyway, Squeege, what have you been up to? Not a whole lot. Um, not, I mean, I, I can't remember if I said this last week, my semester ended guys. I was just telling Liz this. It's crazy to me how much like of stress has like lifted off my shoulders just by my semester ending. It's so funny because the other night, (laughs) (laughs) the other night, um, I went in to Anthony was like getting I don't remember what it was. he was like either taking a shower or he just got out of the shower and I was like I had like the biggest smile on my face I was like what are you doing tonight and I'm sure in his mind he was like I don't know what are I we don't doing know tonight? what are we doing <laughs> wink wink <laughs> um but I was like do you want to watch a movie or do something and he was like oh yeah sure <laughs> But I never get to do that kind of stuff like when I'm in school. And so the next three weeks will be very blissful for me because I uh, I don't have to do anything really except work and take care of kids. Um, but nothing, nothing really. Oh, I saw the Barbie movie on Monday. Yeah. What do you think? Um, I thought it was good. I OK, this is my only critique. Um. I did not like all of the political stuff. Mm-hmm. I just felt like it was a lot. I'm fine with other people having different opinions. Like, it's fine. Whatever. I'm used to, like, having that blasted in my face. But I just didn't like how I felt like every chance they got, they had to make some political joke about the patriarchy or how, like, women I don't know just women are valued in this world Mm -hmm. but I did think that there were a lot of funny parts like I was laughing a lot in the movie what do you think about weird Barbie dude I thought it was so funny um there was somebody that like posted maybe it was my friend that sent it to me I can't remember but it was like a girl from like the Rugrats that has mm-hmm. like crazy hair that looked like her but mm-hmm. i thought she was awesome dude i loved alan like oh that was gosh, so funny yes because i oh, love wow. him yeah i What's love michael sarah michael i was like jason sarah no i don't no. remember that book, but michael sarah just because arrested development like you can't i don't know you can't beat that mm-hmm. uh, i thought i don't know i loved i'm a- just ken anywhere else i'd be a 10 I also too I was telling Anthony this I'm like man it's been a while since I've seen Ryan Gosling in a movie Mm -hmm. dude I thought you were gonna say it's been a while since I've played with Barbies (laughs) yeah that too I don't even know if I really played with Barbies growing up no you just tore their heads off no I did not I was not like Sid from friggin Toy Story (laughs) Um, weren't you the one that sent me that meme of Ryan Gosling in front of the house and it says the original Mojo Dojo house whatever, house whatever. and yeah. it's him in front of his like notebook house the notebook Dude, house. when I saw that though I re- actually really want to rewatch the notebook mm. I don't I loved that movie although speaking of the notebook 
there is a show that I just finished watching. It's called like The Juror or something like that. Juror, uh, hold on. I don't know. Jury, oh, Jury Duty. That's what it's called. It's called Jury Duty. Mm-hmm. And it's about this guy that is, um, he's the only real person in it. Everybody else are actors and they go, they're like, they're doing a mockumentary. It's basically a mockumentary of um how, what jury duty looks like and they're going through an entire trial and james marsden is in it and james marsden is in the notebook mm-hmm. and he's like a total tool in it because he's like i'm an actor i shouldn't even have to be here you know like whatever but then everybody else is like unknown actors and it, it is so funny it was like had a lot of traction a few months ago um and i'm just really i just barely finished watching it <laughs> so i'm behind it behind the times now, I think I've seen that advertised, but I didn't know necessarily like what it was about. And I haven't really, I haven't like looked it up or anything like that. Yeah, it's on Prime. So go watch but, it. Anyway, that's, I mean, that's really it. We don't have a whole ton. We're going to Oklahoma City this weekend. Um, or um, there's a, te- we have a temple trip there with our, our ward. With the church. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, but that's about it. and mom's coming out next weekend. Dude, this means that we can record some episodes. She can watch the kids. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Okay, Liz and I were just doing. If anybody knows, it's like that flicking thing with your fingers. That all return missionaries do. Yeah, I swear, all return missionaries do that when, like, all of them. However. I noticed in the Barbie movie, they did that. Somebody did that in the background. Yeah. They were like, and I w- I just, I, it made me rethink. Is this just a, is it a missionary thing or is it just like a guy thing? Or is it just a Ken thing? <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I liked the movie. Um, I just hated that they had to bring in it every five seconds. I think that's, I think that was intentional though, right? Yeah, but it just it just was a lot. Like it just was a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I actually really want Anthony to see it. I don't think he ever would, but just wait till it comes to Prime. Yeah. Anyway, what it's what's up with you, Lou? Well, by the time this episode comes out, Robbie will have turned one. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. I have a one year old. I'm gonna have a one year old. Where's the time gone? Hey, did my gift get there today? I have not checked the mail in the last two hours, but um, well, it's huge. It's a huge gift. So, well, I got a I got a text. Here's the thing: I got a text last night at like 10 p.m. and it was from Walmart, and I it was like, "Hey, you now have an order," and I was like, "Oh no, my thing got hacked because it got hacked last year, and someone sent themselves a someone bought a fridge." from walmart on my account so i thought that i thought it was getting hacked um so anyway uh but no i haven't checked in a while so i'll go check um anyway what was i saying you were talking about how i asked you if um you got my thing and you oh, said no. no no i haven't but okay. anyway we'll check after this to go see if it's there um so robbie will be one we're having his birthday party this weekend. And so we'll talk more about that another time <laughs> when it actually happens. Uh, I'm a little bit already. I 
did not initially I was like I'm not gonna have a huge first birthday like that's overdone blah 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 I am eating my words because your girl's having a party for our baby are you guys gonna serve like dinner or lunch we are doing um mini sandwiches from Jimmy John's Mm. so those some chips and a drink and then I got a a cake from Costco like that huge like sheet cake from Costco uh, it'll be good. The cleaners are coming tomorrow so they can clean the house, make it tip top shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then party all day Saturday, pretty much. That's cool. Yeah. Um, also, Robbie had his first full week of uh, daycare. Uh-huh. And he did really good. I mean, he's only going Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so it's not every single day. But when I picked him up today, um, one of the ladies who's like in who runs his classroom was like, he did so good this week. He's she's like, he's such a fun little baby. He's so good. And I was like, oh, they just were talking about how good Robbie is. And I was like, yeah, he is. And they're like, he does this really funny little laugh. And I was like, yep. Oh, Robbie, his- and Robbie goes, <laughs> he does like a pigeon thing, guys. It's I freaking funny. Pages. And they're like, it's so funny, but. It's it's funny to watch them because they have cameras. It's funny to watch them try to like get Robbie to sleep because Robbie's not used to like being held or like touched at all during nap time. And they'll like put him on his little bed thing and they like pat his back, you know, like to like calm him. And he's just like, he's like, like yo, get out of here. <laughs> and it's just funny. And there was a couple of times where they just, he just, they put him in a corner to sleep. They were like trying to rock him. And and then they just put him down on the ground, basically. And, like, he just flipped to his tummy and just, like, passed out himself. So, Did he end up sleeping a long time today? Not today. No. He took, like, a 45-minute nap today. Oh, dang it. But I here's the thing is he's going to get he's gonna get used to it eventually, right? Like, um, it's the first time he's ever not napped in a black cocoon with a sound machine. And... Mm-hmm you know, perfect temperature and all that stuff. So I thought he did good. Yeah. It's considered. And he's, and he's come home and he's been like totally fine. We were, I was watching him today at like lunchtime and they, they're trying to feed him. He, Robbie has not figured out how to pick food up off his plate and they put something in a bowl for him. And he literally picked up the bowl, dumped it straight to the ground. Oh my gosh. Immediately to the ground. And then they were like, they picked it all up and then um, they got him new food and just put it on the table this time instead of putting it on a bowl for him and or in a bowl. And I was like, oh, that's so funny. But they said he did really good. He was using a sippy cup at daycare, um, but they had to like, you know, he, they're trying to get him to like drink it up because Robbie just when he would feed him a bottle, just put him on a pillow and he like holds it this way. So we haven't he hasn't figured out the like you need to tilt it thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. going to be focusing on that. Yeah. Neither has JD, so he's. JD, uh, has, JD can't do it either. No, I'm teasing. Like, oh, I was like, he's, okay, I feel better. It's been so hard transitioning to a sippy cup. Mm-hmm. Still gave him a bottle, like at nighttime. Nighttime, and I don't know how we're gonna get it to like him. Not. Does he use something with a straw? Yeah, he drinks his he he that's the thing is like he'll drink out of it. Like he will drink out of a sippy cup. He will drink out of a water bottle. Mm-hmm. He just 
for like giving getting milk mm-hmm. he wants it out of a bottle he's like it's not in a bottle take it back i'll, I'll take it back tell the bartender to bring some bring me back what i asked for <laughs> <laughs> you know sometimes anthony and i are like man this kid just like feel like you runs your house mm-hmm. oh he does yes mm-hmm. well huge change in subjects here mm-hmm. my friend maddie her husband kyle on today so everybody let's welcome kyle um kyle say hi hey <laughs> welcome welcome how are you doing good 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 how was your day? Busy, busy, long day. We a lot of bids for roofing and um, getting in the process of starting a big project in Park City for next Monday. So, Oof. well, man, was it? I I don't know how you do it, dude. I, you know, we live in like this in the the community that we live in, and the people are like roofing all day long, like that, and it's fr- hot outside. I'm like, oh, you poor people, like. I just know they're roasting, dude. I mean, I I I run the business, so I don't do a whole lot of on the roof. I, I mean, I get on every roof that I I do, but um, I don't do a lot of the work. I, I do do some repairs here and there, but for the most part, I'm just selling the jobs and running the business. Yeah, that's the good side to be on. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, when I do do repairs, I get sweaty and I get hot and I, I thank my lucky stars for the crews that I have that are willing to do it. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely too, too, uh, white skinned to be able to get up there and do it. Cause I'll burn like a tomato. So (laughs) (laughs) dude, we know how that, I mean, Robbie's like, so fair skinned Bridget's kids are so fair skinned, like 10 minutes outside cap. And then Robbie's like red in the face. Yeah. Yeah. But Kyle, tell us about yourself. Like, where are you from? What do you do? All the things. Uh, from some, from West Valley, born in Utah. Um, grew up in West Valley. And then <clears throat> uh, met Maddie. We, we got married. Um, I own a roofing business called Arches Roofing. Um, the business just opened this year, but I've been in the roofing industry for 10 years now. So I've worked for multiple companies and then just realized I'm tired of working for somebody else and, and need to, uh, start my own company. So I opened my own company in uh, March of this year. Oh yeah. That's like new. That's awesome. Yeah. We just got our roof replaced. Well, we bought our home last year and it was replaced like last year when we bought it. And I don't even, how long do the roofs last? Like, uh, Typically a, a roof should last in Utah with the type of weather we have about 25 to 27 years. Everybody thinks that they have a 30 year roof. It's, it's not a 30 year roof um, depending on the weather that we get. Cause we get a lot of expansion and contraction where we get a lot of hot and cold. So in the morning it might be like 65 degrees, but then by 11 o'clock to one o'clock you're, at that point 90 degrees or 100 degrees so with that much fluctuation in the weather it really does uh big wear and tear on the roofs and and stuff like that so we don't we don't get a long lasting roof like we should if our weather was a little more cooperative we we would but 
you know, especially last year with the snow that we had with the record breaking snow, that, that really, really beat up a lot of roofs and took a lot of life off the roofs. Jeez. Yeah. I feel like in my parents' neighborhood, like in their coldest back, I don't know how many, how many houses are there? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine ish in their cul-de-sac. Four of them have had their roofs replaced this last year when we've like dr driven in. Like, Holy cow. I, I like should have been there to knock on those doors. Dang Dude, I know. Yo, you might, my parents, they got, um, someone came around the, in the neighborhood after like it hailed recently and they were like, Hey, you have like spots on your roof. So I think they're trying to work through it. I don't know. I don't know. I, they have to have like the insurance adjuster come out. Is, that Is your right? parents still needing their roof replaced then? Yeah. So I, they just told me about this like a week ago. So I was like, I know somebody that can help yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah. So That's I'll what say. I specialize in is working with insurance companies and getting them to cover uh, roofs for wind damage and hail damage and stuff like that. So a lot yeah. of, a lot of people don't realize they can use their insurance. Um, especially yeah. in Utah, uh, we get a lot of, a lot of people who, um, they buy the insurance just because it's the law. You have to have insurance on your house, but they don't realize that it can be used for wind damage and hail damage. And even though Utah doesn't get like tornadoes or big hailstorms like Texas and stuff like that, or tornadoes and hurricanes like Florida and whatnot, we do get wind storms and there is a market here for insurance work for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I live in Oklahoma. And so we get lots of tornadoes here and lots of like, literally, I don't even know when that was like a month ago, we had winds, we didn't, a tornado didn't touch down, but the winds were up to a hundred miles an hour. I, my husband and I, I was so scared because I was like, I don't even like, we're not from Oklahoma and it's just crazy. And yeah, people's roofs came off of their house. It, like it was white, like trees got uprooted. It was like we had everything was like shut down for like yeah. two weeks because they could not get power back on. It was wild. So that's why I'm like living here. I mean, our house, I, I don't actually I don't know when it was built, but um, I just was curious what like the. uh life roof. expectancy yeah roof expectancy is in oklahoma i didn't realize you lived in oklahoma if i'd known that then i'd tell you probably your roof's only gonna last five years because of all the storms that you get so but <laughs> but use your insurance always 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 remember if there's a storm get somebody who does insurance for look at your roof so that you can make sure that you know, if there is damage that it's covered by your insurance, your insurance policy. Um, we had a big storm in 2018 here and uh, it got up to 118 mile hour winds up by the University of Utah. And it it wrecked, wrecked a ton of homes. Um, and most of the homes up in that area are homes that are built in like 1800s and early 1900s and tons and tons of trees. And there's, an, I mean, sugar house sugar house the way it was built all the homes are so close together so you have people's trees falling on their houses and just trees getting uprooted it, it was nuts that's probably the biggest windstorm i've seen here in utah wow hey wait kyle i want to go back to you saying that you're from west valley because my dad is from hunter 
Okay. And he refuses to call it West Valley, even though I'm pretty sure it's like been absorbed by West Valley, hasn't it? Yeah. Hunter, it, they used to call that little area there where Hunter High School is. Mm -hmm. And they call, used to call it Hunter, but it's called West Valley. So, yeah. Jeff, if you're listening, it's, it's now called West Valley. Dad still like calls like ger like area in Germany like Prussia. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, my dad went to Cypress High, like the okay. old Cypress High, which I think it's been rebuilt, hasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I would assume so, but Cypress is in Magna. Yeah. So they had to like ride a bus out there. Mm -hmm. This is, this yeah. was like, how old's dad? My dad turned 70 this month. So yeah, he's an old dude. All my friends have young parents. My parents I, are old. So, um, uh, well, yeah, Maddie's parents aren't really that old. Um, but yeah, your dad's 70. How many of you are there? Four. Four of you? Okay. I have, I have an older brother and then I'm a twin with the, I have a girl twin and then there's Bridget who's on here with us today. So there's three girls, one boy. Okay. Cause I was going to say Bridget and you don't look like twins. So I was wondering if it was no. whatever the term is between there's identical and then what is it? Non-identical or whatever it's called. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Um my twin and I are are identical. Um so good thing she's not on or else she'd be having a hard time for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so good to I mean good getting to know you. I already like knew some of this stuff about you. Bridget didn't know any of this. Um so we kind of have like two topics today. Um like <laughs> talking to you. And the first topic is something that Maddie told me about, which um is like super personal for you and then we'll get more into like your business side of things because I also find that really my brain does not work that way so it's like I love to like hear like stories about business owners and like how they're doing it but the first topic is um Kyle lost both of his parents while you were on your mission right yes I did okay um how far into your mission were you when that happened so I served a mission in the West Indies to kind of give that um what that is so the west indies was a is the caribbean so in my mission there were 14 islands um the place the two places that i actually served was uh saint vincent for the first six months of my mission and then uh the last last portion of my mission i was in trinidad and tobago uh, but there were 14 islands in my mission um so when we went to, when I went to the MTC, my dad said, don't come home for any reason and to return with honor. And I'm like, well, every kid is going to get that told by their father. Um, mm -hmm. But he would say it after the phone calls too. Like he knew something was going to happen. I just, I didn't think anything of it. Um, but my dad passed a year into my mission. So I was just about to hit my year mark. And uh, my mission president called me in and I thought I was in trouble. I'm like, out of the blue. Elder Dyson, I need you to come to the office, come, come to the uh, um, mission office. I was like, okay. And I, I asked why he's like, you just need to get down here right away. I'm like, oh, geez, what did I do? I did something wrong. Did I say something to somebody? Did I make an elder mad or, you know, whatever? Um, 
and I was a senior companion at that time. I was training uh, a new missionary. No. Uh, yes. Yes. I was training a new missionary and uh, went in and gave me the news that my father had passed away. And then he asked me if I wanted to go home. And I told him, no, uh, my dad asked me to stay, finish my mission and to return with honor. So that's, that's what I decided to do. So I didn't come home for my dad's funeral. Um, me and my dad, and just kind of give a little background. I mean, my father, uh, we were best friends. There's um, my personality, who I am today is a lot like my father. To, to lose my dad on my mission, it, it, it was pretty tough. Um, yeah, a year into my mission and then about a month and a half before I was supposed to come home um, is when I lost my mom. So I don't know. I don't know this, dude. I'm like already getting teary eyed because I when you're talking about your dad, I am also Bridget and I are very close with our dad. And I think also a lot of our personality is like a reflection of our dad. Um, so like I I feel that. Um, but were, were you like expecting? was it unexpected or was it like, was it totally out of the blue or like, um, had they been in like yep. bad obviously or what? Uh, my mom, my mother, my dad, basically. So they were pretty obese. My dad died when he weighed about 410 pounds. He was my height. So, um, imagine me being 410 pounds. Um, pretty, pretty big person. Um, so they were in a car accident and, uh, my dad was wearing his seatbelt, but it was a very old, older car. The seatbelt wasn't working very well. And he hit the dashboard in front of him, um, got out of the car and passed out. He was taken to the hospital and, um, the doctors checked him out, gave him a shot of morphine and basically said, everything checks out. You're fine. You're good to go home. And they gave him some, um, medications, some, um, uh, pain pills and um, a couple days after the accident uh, the, he just wasn't feeling very well and my mom was taking care of him and he uh, so he had taken some um, pain pills and didn't realize that he when he woke up uh, my mom had given him some more and she didn't know that he had already taken some and then he went back to sleep and then my mom found him uh, foaming at the mouth and that's how he passed. Um, so it wasn't a suicide or anything like that. It was just, it was a, a mistake basically. Uh, and uh, so that, that's how he passed. And then my mom, when she passed away, uh, my mom, so to kind of give a background on my mom, my mom was a two-time kidney transplant. Uh, which means, so she had kidney disease when she was younger. Um, she grew up in a family that uh, her parents didn't, didn't take, care of, take care of her. She was about 10 years old and she got a urinary tract infection and um, they didn't take her to the doctor or anything like that. And she ended up with kidney disease. Um, it was about 14 years old when my mom was put into a foster care home with her other siblings. Uh, my mom was the oldest, so she took care of her brothers and her sister. And uh, anyway, they all ended up getting split up into different foster homes. Um, and some of the reasons why she ended up in a foster home was uh, one, one because of neglect and uh, two, because she was molested by my grandfather. Um, and so 
there's a lot of other reasons that, that she was in a foster home, but that's where she needed to be. And, um, but anyway, my grandmother, who is my mom's mom, gave my mom a kidney years later because she went into rejection and she had to have a kidney transplant. Well, she was a perfect match. So she ended up being a donor for my mom, got a kidney. And when my brother turned 19, um, my mom had started going back into rejection. She was going on dialysis, was really sick on tons and tons of medications and uh, had to have another kidney. And so my brother didn't serve a mission, but he gave my mom a kidney. That was kind of his, his mission for this life. Yeah. Um, and so she was super, super sick all the time. Um, and so when she passed, she uh, basically, she was living with my aunt because my dad wasn't here to help take care of her. And uh, she started kind of getting back into her old ways of smoking cigarettes and and, and um, drinking. But my mom ended up having a heart attack and she was found passed out on the uh, floor um, in the living room off the couch. Mm-hmm. So um, that was about, like I said, a month and a half before I was supposed to come home for my mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember getting the call from my mission president for that and he told me, he said, he just, he started crying and he said, uh, I've never had to do this before, uh, but other guys and your mother's passed away. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, of course, ended up crying and bawling and stuff like that. And I was really mad at God for a lot of years uh, after that. But um, while on a mission, I, I, you know, he said, well, you got to go home for, you know, one reason you got to go home for at least one of your parents funerals and i told him i said i will go home for my mother's funeral but i've got to finish my mission and he said well we'll give you an honorable release i said that's not gonna cut it for me Mm -hmm. um so he called the area 70 the area 70 actually got um the first presidency on the phone at that time and you know we prayed about it and and they expressed that to um you know in prayer and everything like that. But, uh, the biggest thing that, uh, really, um, I really was happy about is they, the, and I, again, I come from a very, very poor, poor family. Um, and I'll go into a little bit about that when we talk about the business part of it. But, um, when my mission president, we got off the phone, my mission president basically had a meeting with them after that. And they paid for me to come home for my mom's funeral and then paid for me to go back to finish my mission. And then I extended my mission um, an additional six weeks and then then came home. Holy cow. That is, so wait, this is, I mean, this is kind of really, did you learn Spanish in your mission? Is that? No, no. So the languages of my mission were English, French, and Dutch. Um, And when I say English, it's pretty broken English. Uh, You go to the Caribbean, they don't speak um english like you or me um their english is very broken with a lot of different uh creole and dialects and and stuff like that so like for example most of the caribbean is is um is black people and then um trinidad and tobago is is about 50 percent um black and caribbean and then uh east indian okay i was just dialects yeah um so then did you have the same mission president the whole time and so he was he had delivered both of this news to you yep 
Yep. Okay. I had the same mission president the whole time. Yeah. Oh man. Holy cow. That would be awful to have to deliver to the same missionary twice. I can't even like, and, and also you getting that twice, like, Oh man. Um, that's really hard. Um, I, I, I don't even, I'm freaking almost 35 years old. And if my parents were to die right now, it would like wreck me. Like, so I can't even imagine a 21 year old, 20 year old kid getting that information while you're in another country, like yeah. far from your support system, you know? Yeah, I didn't go on a mission until I was 21. So I was 22 when my father passed and then 23 when my mom passed. That's just so sad. Like I just, my, my, uh, my mother-in-law actually lost her dad um, from a heart attack when she was 18. And that kind of just was like, she was like the last person to see him and it just kind of like altered her. It changed her views on like a lot of things. So do you feel like, um, like losing your parents has influenced you in how, like your outlook on life and like your relationships or priorities and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I would say the the biggest thing that, um, so while I was on a mission and I lost my parents, um, it didn't hit me really until I came home from my mission. Um, cause I, I waited to go on my mission until I was 21 cause I knew I wasn't ready at 19. And so I waited to go at 21. And so when I made the decision to go, um, that was the, uh, that was the biggest, that was the biggest thing. Um, and so I guess I, I should probably go back a little bit into kind of what happened before I went on a mission, um, before I made the decision to go on a mission. Um, I, at first I wasn't going to serve a mission. Um, so when I was 18, um, my parent, my dad had lost his job back in 2008 and, uh, we foreclosed on our house. Um, we were homeless at that point. Couldn't didn't have any money to get into an apartment or anything. So we lived in our car for two, two and a half weeks, um, just at a park, uh, before, we were able to get into an apartment. Um, and we, I, I, at that time I was working three jobs. Um, I worked at a, a meat factory to, as a delivery driver. And then I worked as a delivery driver at Papa John's and then a uh, cart boy at, at uh, Home Depot and loaded up a lot of, you know, cement and, and all the stuff for people who needed help loading their cars. Um, but then I also did uh, MMA for two years uh, during that time. Um, it wasn't, legal uh, legal MMA. It was uh, legal stuff that was underground, but I knew that I could make good money at it. Um, but I hid that, um, kept that hidden from my dad. Um, in fact, I moved out of my parents' apartment and went and lived with my brother uh, so that I could keep that hidden. Um, but then one day my daddy, he, you know, he, I went over to visit him and he saw a shiner under my black, under my eye. He asked me about it. I'm like, oh, I, you know, a box of meat fell on my head, my my eye at, at work. And, you know, my dad was a, a Golden Gloves boxer growing up. So he knew that I was lying. He knew exactly what it was. So he actually followed me to one of my fights one of the times and watched me fight. And I, I'd won that fight, but uh, he took me home or I ended up going back home and, and we ended up having a chat. And he said, you got three options. You, you're not going to fight anymore. You can stay at the house and continue to work go to school or you can go on a mission. And so that's when I was like, you know, what? I'm, 
going to go on a mission, but I was worried about my parents' financial because I was working all those jobs to help help pay for stuff for them. Um, and so to kind of retract back to your question, um, did it did it change? Did it um, change my perspective on life and things like that? Um, I actually look at, at it as a blessing that my parents passed away while I was on my mission um, for two reasons. One, because um, I look at my life now, um, I know that my parents love them. They were great people, great parents. Um, but from a financial standpoint, they did not uh, take care of their finances very well. They didn't take care of their bodies very well. Uh, we ate out all the time as kids. Um, and so looking at it from that standpoint, if they were still here now, um, there's a big, big chance that I would be um, financially taking care of them. And that would be a big burden on my current family with my wife and my son. Um, but I also look at it as a, as a, a blessing too, because um, it gave me the opportunity to break the mold. Uh, and what I mean by that is a lot of kids will, you know, grow up and follow aspirations of their parents or do things like their parents, because that's how they were raised. Um, and, um, basically, you know, in a, in this sense, I would have stayed in that same rut. And I did for a little while after my mission, I lived paycheck to paycheck, spent every dollar I made, um, withdrew my account all the time. Um, but, but losing my parents on my mission really gave me the opportunity to break the mold and, um, jump forward and become, uh, successful in my life and, and make better decisions uh, as far as finances and, 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 and now at this point owning a business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good thing you got Maddie. Cause she's like the queen of finances. Oh my gosh. She's <laughs> the one who saved me. I mean, and that's, that's the other part of it too, is she is the biggest, probably the biggest uh, supporter that I have. And the re- biggest reason why I'm as successful as I am uh, in my business is because uh, she sacrificed a lot for me to be able to do what I'm doing today. Um, as far as, you know, her career of going, you know, going to school and doing the things that she wants to do. She's, she's sacrificed a lot so that I can get into a position where, um, I'm at now and continue to grow. And I, I'm looking forward to when I can give that back to her so that she can do what she wants to do in life. You taught me getting emotional. Oh, that was nice. That was really nice. Cause I know Maddie, like, you know, so it's like, it's true. Like, I don't know. I just have so much respect for both of you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Cause she does, she like is really interested in like finance, like or stocks or something. Right. She used to be. Okay. So for during the COVID year, she got really into um, day trading and stuff like that. And, um, she she's learned a lot about finances and and whatnot. Um, really, her her aspirations now are she wants to become a uh, therapist for autistic children and children who may have be struggling in uh, behavioral issues and things like that. She yeah. and uh, Stacy should like open up their own business practice together. Um. So you kind of talked, you kind of actually just talked about one of these things about like Maddie being a huge support system for you, like currently, but when you came home from your mission and I can't remember, I know, I probably know this. Maddie's probably told me, I'm not remembering like the time from like when you got home to the time when you guys got married. Um, but, um, when you got home and I guess even now, like 
How has those support systems changed or evolved? Um, did you have a support system when you got home from your mission after your parents died? Um, so when I came home from my mission, I, I moved in with my brother uh, and he's got four kids and of course his wife, but he, he lives a very similar lifestyle to how my parents lived um, unhealthy eating, unhealthy uh, choices in their, in their food, eating out a lot, uh, uh, not saving any money and stuff like that. So I found myself uh, doing very similar things that I was doing with my parents as far as taking care of, of you know, my brother and, and my nieces and my nephew and stuff like that. Um, but at that time, I was in a mental space of, of um, grieving, uh, mad at God. Um, and so I, I felt that that's where I needed to be at that time. But I would say, honestly, the, the biggest support system that I had before meeting Maddie was uh, a lot of my friends. I, I would hang out with my friends all the time, uh, go to the gym and work. That was that was how I grieved with my uh, the loss of my parents. Um, so as far as support system, I would say biggest support system I had is, is just some good friends that I can talk to and and be around and um, and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, they're good. I wouldn't, I, I, I mean, I, I think I have like a very close, I don't have tons of friends. I feel like Kyle, you're the type of person that, that just like can talk to anybody. So you probably have like a lot of friends, a lot of acquaintances and like able to like, I don't, I don't know, like lean on other people a lot. Um, at least from like what I know of you for me, like my support system and like my friend groups are very small. <laughs> like, but that's because I just, I don't know. I'm just, I, if something were big to happen, I know that they would have my back, but like, I also like have like eight people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. so something that you'll learn about me is, is I, I know a lot of people. Yes. And I have a lot of people that I call friends, but um, as far as support system and people's people that I trust with with that type of um, personal stuff, it, my my group is very small. Um, I do I do know a lot of people. I can get to know and make friends with with people very easily. That's just my personality. Um, again, very similar to my father. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to support groups, I do keep that very 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 small because you can't. Um, you can't really get the support that you really need as an individual from a, from a giant group of people. Um, I don't, it's in order to have support, you've got to be able to be intimate with somebody as far as, you know, sharing your personal life and being able to talk to somebody about the things that are hard and you can't do that with everybody and probably not a good idea to do that with everybody either. Oh, for sure. And I think at least for me, when I was, especially like when I was younger, I, um, I, I mean, I'm trying to think about like when I was 23, um, like, uh, um, I probably was trying to figure out who I was and like who I could talk to about things like that. And that would probably have been very hard for me, um, emotionally to figure that out. And I probably would have just like told everybody. Cause I'm like, doesn't it like, I don't know. Like I'm trying to like learn boundaries now. I'm like, okay, here, yeah, here are the eight people that I know that I could tell anything to and they're still gonna like me at the end of the day yeah yeah <laughs> and like four of those people are like her family 
Yeah, four of those people are, are related to me, so they kind of have to stick around. Yeah, we have no other option. So, how many how many uh, siblings do you have then? One Kyle? brother. Oh, so it's just you and and your one brother. Okay. Yep. Yep. And also remind me the age gap between you two. We're six years apart. He's six years older than me. Oh, okay. So, do you? This is. I know that we didn't. Did you guys feel like you guys kind of handled? Um, like the grieving process differently, like you and your brother. That's that's what's weird. I he had his family to to fall back on, um, mm-hmm. you know, his his kids and his wife and stuff like that. Um, I I had to find a support group. Uh, I, I feel like um, I, I I honestly I I would say the way that we grieved we grieved very differently. I think he. Um, he he grieved in a way that that uh, just kind of you know didn't think about it, just kind of brushed it off, and just kind of you know didn't 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 let it bother him as much. And mm-hmm. he, he was already busy with his kids and his wife and stuff like that. So um, me coming home from a mission, I didn't have any of that stuff. You know, I come home when you serve a mission as a missionary. You know, you you come home and you're you're already kind of weird. You know what I mean? You're you're you don't know what life really was like because you for two years you've changed ex- everything that you do in your life, um, and everything is done to just teach the gospel and, and teach about God and teach about Jesus Christ and stuff like that. Um, so I had to deal with that coming home from a mission, plus grieving the loss of my parents. Um, like I said, I think the biggest thing for me, I, I would say. Um, as far as grieving was just being able to, because I am a social person. And so I was able to go and bury those emotions, those feelings um, by being around people and being at the gym and making new friends and, and, and doing all those kinds of things and, and working a lot of hours. Um, that's, that's kind of what I do when I, when I have things that are hard, I work a lot and then I, focus on on going to the gym it's it's what i do when i'm going through a hard situation um i I don't know if it's the healthiest way to grieve but that's what i did it worked for me yeah (laughs) that kind of was like the question that i was going to ask about like how do you address those but do you i guess my other question is like um what aspects of your life um do you feel the absence of your parents like most in when we got married i definitely you know you you definitely feel the absence um they weren't there for that milestone um when my son was born they weren't there for that milestone um every birthday when i when i bought my first house they weren't there for that milestone um starting my business they weren't there for that milestone um when you, when you transition from from being single to moving on in your life, there's there's a lot of a lot of milestones that happen uh, that a lot of people get to have their parents for, um, mm-hmm. and I didn't. Um, so one of the biggest things I think for me is is um, there's a, there's tons of milestones I can I could talk about I'm sure, but I'd say the biggest ones that were the hardest for me were probably the day I got married, and then. Uh, the birth of my son. Yeah. I can, um, 
I can't imagine what it would be like to not have your grandparents or sorry, your parents there because, but my, my grandparents, I was very close with my grandparents and they both weren't there. And that was really hard for me because I, I was the last person to get married and I'm the last person to get, to have a child with my family. And I, I really wanted them to be able to be there, but it wasn't in the cards for me. So I kind yeah. of like empathize on some level, but not, not to the same extent at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So, um, uh, kind of switching gears and not kind of, but definitely switching gears. Um, okay. we're going to talk about your business. Cause I know we kind of talked about it at the beginning. And then you were saying, um, when we were talking about your family about like, you would tell us a little bit later on about some stuff when we talked about your business. Um, but do you feel like you wanted to be successful because of your parents at all? Um, like the situation of your parents? That was a, that was a big drive for me. So when I came home from my mission and I, I went and I was working as a mechanic for a, a, a diesel company. Um, in fact, one of the senior couples on my mission owns that company and got me a job there as a mechanic when I came home. And, uh, I realized I didn't really want to be in that 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 realm anymore. It, I there was a lot of negativity at that job, and I realized I, I I don't want to be here. And so, after that, I went and worked at a warehouse. You know, I've always worked a labor job, some sort of a job where I'm moving things and and picking up big things and stuff like that. And so, um, I actually got approached by uh, one of my mission companions. Um, and he talked to me about doing door-to-door sales. And he said I would be a good candidate for it because I'm a social person. And I could talk to anybody and stuff like that. Um, I told you guys earlier in the podcast that uh, we, we grew up very, very poor. Um, ever since I was little, I had to work for everything that I had. Um, we, we didn't have the money to buy basketball shoes for junior jazz. We didn't have the money to buy you know clothes for school all the time. Um, a lot of times we'd have to get help from the church as far as food and paying bills. So at the age of, you know, age of 10, I went and mowed lawns like a lot of kids do. Um, but I actually started a business doing it. I, I, I had in my neighborhood, there was probably 250 homes and I would go and mow everybody's lawns for, you know, 10 bucks front and back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and rode my bike to the 7-Eleven and spent every dime on candy and chips and Slurpees and whatever and all that stuff and toys and stuff. I, mean, I was 10 years old, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a young age, I learned what it was like to work hard. I learned um, that sweat equity is is where is where success is driven. And when I say sweat equity, I'm not saying necessarily using your hands, um, but it's it's being motivated to go out and to put in a strong effort um, to to be successful. And because I had to, um, it wasn't necessarily, wasn't necessarily um, I wanted to right away. It was, I needed to, in order to put clothes on my back, in order to do the things I wanted to do, I had to, I had to be, um, learn a work ethic really young Mm -hmm. and then so we grew up really really poor and so um like i said my mission companion told me about door-to-door sales and so 
I went to Colorado for a week um, and, you know, did the training and stuff like that. And out of 60 sales guys, that, that first week, I was the number one sales guy that first week. My first, t- first, first time ever doing door-to-door sales. Obviously served a mission, so I had kind of an experience in that sense, but door, doing door-to-door sales to make money is a complete different thing. Yeah, you're on the mission, you're doing door-to-door sales for their souls, bro. That's right. Doing it for free, not, not making any money um, <laughs> as, as far as monetary, right? You're, you're getting the blessings, but um, that summer I did door-to-door sales, but I, um, one of the biggest things that one of the, the, the guy, the, the main guy that was running the, the uh, door-to-door industry or that door-to-door business, he told me, he said, if you want to be successful in something, you need to have a why. And um, because we were so poor, my parents didn't get a gravestone. Um, I didn't have money to put a gravestone in. My brother definitely didn't have money to put a gravestone in. Mm-hmm. So that was my why that summer, that first three months was to uh, to be able to buy my parents a gravestone. Aww. And out of 60 sales guys, I was number two. And the only salesman that was ahead of me was a guy who'd been doing it for six years. Hey. So when when you have an inner why and you're determined to do something and to be successful, and it's a, a why that means something that's purposeful, that's purposeful. Mm-hmm. Nothing's going to stop you from achieving it. That is like, you're just a good dude. I'm like, man, that's just, I know I'm feeling motivated right now. Honestly, no, I just, I feel like, okay. So how old were you? Like 23 or 20, 24, 23. I'm like, I don't feel like I know very many. I mean, granted, obviously, I don't know very many 23-year-olds that went through the same circumstance that you did, but just like having that as their why is just, I don't know. I, I'm just, wow. So so how did you, you did summer sales. Did you do it for like a, like pest control or like Vivint or something? Trash, trash service where I started. Oh, really? So in Utah, garbage is all picked up by, you don't see a bill for it. It's, it's usually in your water bill or your electricity bill and stuff like that. So in Utah, like, so waste management might have South Jordan, Riverton, West Jordan, and then Republic Services might have other cities. But in other states, like in Colorado, um, there's sections and places where you get a, a bill every three months. Mm-hmm. Basically, when I'd go up to somebody's door, if I saw a green can, I knew they had waste management. Well, I was selling for a small local trash company that was little. Mm-hmm. I knew that they were paying waste management $350 every three months to have their garbage and recycling picked up on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But if I come and I knock on your door and I tell you, hey, I noticed you have waste management for your garbage services. Have you been happy with them? And they say, I don't care. It's picked up every Tuesday. And I said, well, most people that I talk to who have waste management are paying $350 every three months, um, every quarter. So every three to four months. And so there's you know four quarters in a, in a year. That's you know $350. That's, that's a lot of money. 
And mm-hmm. I can pick up your garbage on a Thursday and you're recycling on a Thursday for $75 a quarter. What do you think you could do with that savings? And so somebody like, you know, somebody who loves shoes or somebody who loves, you know, the Broncos, you know, how many tickets do you think you can buy now to be able to, to, to go, how many games could you go to now by saving, by saving that much every three months to have your trash picked up? So it was really, in, in all honesty, it was an easy sell. It wasn't a hard sell. Um, but the hardest part about door-to-door sales is, is staying motivated and being able to take the rejection of people telling you, no, I'm not interested. Um, when you're doing door-to-door sales, you have to be able to get somebody's interest within the first 30 seconds or they're going to ask for a card and tell you no. Mm-hmm. So that's really, really what I, what it came down to. So selling trash service wasn't really necessarily a difficult sale. The difficult part was being able to get them to like you. In sales, people don't buy things because necessarily they want to buy it. I mean, some people buy things based off of their research of what they've researched. But a lot of times when you go to the RC Willie and you're sitting on couches, most of the time you're going in there to look for a good deal. But mm-hmm. when you sit on those couches and you're talking to the salesman and they're getting to know you and they're trying to build a relationship with you and a rapport with you, instead of buying the $500 couch, you end up walking out with a $1,500 couch. And that wasn't your intention when you went in, but because you you got to know the salesman and you're like, Oh man, this guy's really cool. Or, you know, this girl's really cool. And she's really, you know, really trying to get to know me. And she's telling me about this product. You end up buying it because not because you wanted it, you bought mm-hmm. it because of that salesman built a relationship with you and you ended up liking that person. That's why people buy things. They buy things based off the relationship and rapport that's built uh, between the consumer and the person selling the product. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, that's so. So did you learn that kind of stuff then too? like in your door to door? Like, do you feel like you took some of um, the things that you learned into your business today? I use it every day. Well, yeah, I you still- said that thing. Oh, sorry. You said the thing about like being rejected. And I think like with businesses, like especially starting up your own, I think you have to like, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a business at all. I don't, I couldn't do it. But um, I'm guessing you have to have pretty thick skin, like to be able to get it going. Yep. You, you have to be able to, like I said, um, you have to be confident, you know, in, in the service or product that you're, you know, so like, for example, roofing and stuff like that, I'm, I'm confident in what I can do for people as far as getting their insurance to pay for their roof. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm confident in the, the materials that we use. Um, as a salesperson, you can't go in with a, um, what's the word? You can't go in with a um, timid demeanor or you're going to get told no all the time. Um, when I step on somebody's door, even though it's their property, that's my office. That's you're, you're, you're in my home now. And mm-hmm. so you have to have that mindset. You have to have the mindset of who's behind that door. How do I, how, and I don't know who's behind that door. That's the exciting part for me. That's what I like. I enjoy. That's the anxiety riddled part for me. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoy the challenge of finding out who's behind the door. So I know how to adjust my pitch and adjust what I say. Um, I can usually tell within the first 30 seconds of what type of personality somebody has and how to adjust my pitch so that I can tell somebody and get their interest. Um, 
but that's, I've been doing it for 14 years. So you learn a lot of, a lot of skills and a lot of things over the amount of, it's just like anything, right? You know, you work out, you know, you start working out your legs and your, your arms and as you do it consistently, you get stronger and you start to put on more muscle and stuff like that. It's the same thing. Um, yeah. You've got to put, put the effort into it. Yeah. So, so how, how did you, you oh, oh go ahead. I was going to say, I'm, I'm like, jump, I'm just want to ask all the questions. Cause I'm like so interested in, in, cause my husband has thought my, my husband has thought about owning a business. He's in residency right now. And so Obviously it's a little bit different of a business, but like, uh, his, um, his cousin is a podiatrist. And so my husband's going to be a family medicine doctor. So it's, they're not the same, but he's, his cousin does really well at what he does. And so, um, my mother-in-law is a realtor and she does really well at what she does, but it's her own business essentially. And I just see all the time how much they work. <laughs> like it's like all the time. Like it's like you know, like my mother-in-law like works on vacations. And so I'm like, and there's a ton of overhead. And so I just am curious, like, is that how it is? Like, are you able to be like, hey, like I I want to clock out it or I want to, I'm not gonna do it from this time to this time, type of thing. As a business owner, you can't clock out. Dang it, Bridget. Dang it. You're not off the hook. <laughs> as a as a business owner, it's difficult to clock out. Um, that's the biggest thing as a business owner is you you do have the decision to be able to choose your time. That's that's one of the benefits of being a business owner is you get to choose how much you want to work or when you want to go to work or what type of work you're gonna do that day. You know, like so example today, um you know, my wife was in Cedar City with my son. So I went to work early, early today. I went to work about 730 this morning, got all my appointments done in the morning and hurried back home so that I could finish my paperwork. So I was able to get a lot done today. Um, but also at the same time, I, you know, decided, you know what, I'm going to go put the light bulbs up in my, in my garage, up in my um, overhang in my garage and get the new light bulbs put in. Um, that was a honeydew that I need, needed to get done, right? Um, but I would say, as far as a business owner, and to you, you have to, you have to make time for family. You have to make time for yourself. Um, when I worked for other roofing companies, I um, mean, you know, I've always been just a commission-based person. I've never made in sales. I've never made a salary except for the time when I worked at the first roofing company when I started in roofing, doing door-to-door. Um, I, my first year I was straight commission and then I got put on a salary. Um, and then I was a manager training other salespeople. Um, I was on a salary then, but I hate salary because commission to me, I get to choose when I want to work, how I want to work. If I get put on a salary, now somebody has control of me. Now somebody has of control of how much time I, I need to put in for that day or for that week or, or that month. Right. Um, but as a business owner, it's tough, too, because sometimes sometimes it's five hour days. Sometimes it's 14 hour days. And you as a business owner, you have to make the decision and the choice. Do I want to work 14 hour days every day? I could and I could make a heck of a lot of money doing it. Mm -hmm. Then I want to get to see my son. I want to 
wouldn't get to see my wife. I wouldn't get to do the things that I like to do. So as a business owner, when you're first starting out, it's tough. It's really tough to make that time, but you have to do it um, because my business wouldn't be where it's at today if I didn't have my wife sacrificing what she sacrificed and my business wouldn't be where, at, where I'm at today if I didn't have my son. And so those two people, if I don't make time for them, my business isn't worth anything to me. Um, I, I run the business and, and work the business so that I can make time for them. Um, yes, you have to run a business and have finance and you know, pay your bills and, and stuff like that, make enough money to do that. But it's about working smarter, not necessarily harder in that sense, right? You need to know your business so well so that you can make the processes easier for yourself so that you can make that time for your loved ones and for your, honestly, for yourself too. Like the other day, um, I went and I did a 90 minute massage just because I wanted to. So awesome. Right off as a business expense, bro. Just kidding. I have no idea. I don't have any. (laughs) It's crazy though, what you can write off because like I said, my mother-in-law own like is a realtor and so she's is that like 1099 yep okay so she like you know writes off all like just like things that you wouldn't even think of and so i'm like i'm always just shocked you got to think about it as a business owner you're always technically working right so anything anytime i buy pens or paper or anything like that or or you know tools it's all business write-offs um it, it, at the end of the day, there is some things that you shouldn't write off that you can write off. That's the thing you have to be careful to because, mm-hmm. you know, if the IRS thinks you're writing off too much stuff, then you're going to get audited. And I would say nine time, nine, nine out of 10 people who do do that, they don't keep track of it. And then they get audited and then it's like, well, crap, now I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. So you have to be careful. But yeah, you do get a lot of write offs. Oh, no, she keeps all of her receipts like. It's Good. wild. Like she yeah. has like a little bin. Anyway. Yeah, she's prepared. Yeah, she's really so wait. So how did you get into the roofing business then? So I was working as a mechanic for a after I did door-to-door sales. Um, I did that two summers. Um, I did it in Colorado and then I did it in uh, Maryland. And mm-hmm. Maryland, I trained a team of seven guys. And then uh, after that, I came back and then I went back into working the labor side of things um, at RC Willie. And then I got a job as a mechanic working on their forklifts. Um, I got laid off at that job. And the guy that I was working with at Perry Industrials, the, the place I was working on forklifts for, he knew that I did door-to-door sales and he knew a guy that was starting up a roofing company. And... Um, so I started with him as I was his first sales guy. So he had one job sold. And then from that one job, I went and sold the next five jobs within the first two weeks wow. of being with him. And yeah. so that's that's where I started. And that was about 20, 2014. Whoa. Holy cow. So how did you know? Here's my thing is like, I am very much like a creature of like comfort and like, I, I am salaried. Right. And I like, I like having that. I mean, I know every two weeks, my paycheck is going to be exactly this much money, blah, blah, blah. But how did you know 
that it was time to like move from like being somebody else's like minion to like being your own boss? I have always wanted to be a business owner. I've always wanted to be a business owner. Um, I wanted to be a mechanic on my own mechanic shop, but realized um, I'm a better salesman than I am a mechanic. Mm -hmm. um, oh, geez. I would say, honestly, it was when I was at the first roofing company. Um, I actually spent a lot more hours working and knocking doors and selling um, and making less money because I didn't own the business mm -hmm. uh, than I do now because um, I, I had to, I had to, I was commission based. So I would say that the, how I, how did I find out what made me go, I'm done. Um, mm -hmm. I have a hard time with people trying to control me and tell me how to do a job um, mm -hmm. that I already know. I know I can do very well. Um, I don't like micromanagers. And so at that, that company, the owner was a big time micromanager. And so I realized then that I'm going to learn what I need to learn in this industry and learn everything I possibly can about it. And then I'm going to, I'm going to start my own business. So I've known, I've probably known, probably after the second year of being with him, I realized I'm, I'm going to eventually own my own roofing business. Um, and then had I listened to my wife four years ago, I would have, I should have done that, but I didn't listen to her and worked for another company thinking that, Oh, I'm going to buy this guy out and I'm going to have a company that's already been around for 30 years. It's well known. And then come to find out um, he wants too much for the business and then wants me to put up my assets as collateral for the business. Um, that was the turning point for me of still somebody had that control over me. And so mm -hmm. that was the, that was the big turning point, I think, but I've known for a long time, I'm, I'm going to own my own business. Do you have a partner at all? I've got a guy that works with me that I treat him as a partner. Um, but as far as on the books, I don't have a partner. Okay. Um, the, the financial responsibility of the business is me. Um, so I own the business 100%. But Jim, he's been in the roofing industry for 25 years. Mm. Um, so to have someone with his knowledge, he was an installer for the 25 years. Um, and he's actually owned his own business as well. Um, he's actually owned multiple businesses. Um, but in 2008, he ended up closing shop because of the economy. Um, but he's owned other businesses and he's always had partners and they've always screwed him over. And so I made the decision, I'm not going to have an on the books partner, but every decision that the company makes, I do run by him and we, we run, we work together as if we're partners, but mm -hmm. as far as um, uh, an actual partner, no. I don't have a partner, but he, he pretty much is a partner. He's like a silent partner, if you will. He gets very well, very well compensated for, for what he does for the business. That's yeah. cool. I, I'm just always, I'm just so intrigued by it. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. I do have like another question. I'm sorry. Okay. So do you, I'm trying to like understand how this all works because like you said at the beginning, people don't know a ton that they can use their insurance. Yeah. Um, so do insurance companies pay you then? They pay the homeowner. The policy is you. So if I came and told you, Hey, I noticed your roof is in bad shape. Let me hop up there. It's a free inspection. We'll take a look at it for you. 
See if we can get your insurance company to pay for it. If we can, you're only out of pocket expenses, you're deductible. Um, if you have any obligation or any you know problems with that, let me hop up there and take a look. Um, so let's say we go through the whole process, get it paid for. The insurance company will pay you and then you pay me. Typically wow. is how it works. Sometimes insurance companies will pay the contractor, but it used to be that way. It's not that way anymore now because uh, a lot of homeowners would take the money and just do a patch on their on their roof and then go spend the rest of money on a boat or a new car or whatever it is people spend their money on mm. stuff at the gas station what, what did you say earlier it was uh slurpee chips 7-eleven slurpees <laughs> and candies and chips and stuff like that i wish i, I could still do that now yeah um so last question here for a future business owner what advice or things to look out for would you like tell people who are wanting to start a business i'd say the number one advice that i would give anybody is if you're going to own a business you need to have that why um why do you want to own a business what's the business for um you need to believe in the product or the business that you're running um and then i would say before you start your business, you need to understand the ins and outs of everything that that business does, because you're going to run into things that are going to be surprises and stuff like that. And you want to be able to be prepared for those surprises. Um, every business has its ups and its downs, but you need to be prepared for everything that you that that, that could happen. Um, do your research on your business. Um, you know, even if it's an, a niche business, make sure that you're accounting for the surprises you're accounting for you know things that could happen you're accounting for you know slow times busy times etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. make sure the business is working for you that you're not working for the business um, i would say that's probably the biggest thing and we talked about it earlier make time for your family make time for your yourself um don't let the business run you you run it um and that's that's something that I struggle with in all honesty. Um, but it's something that I I'm working on every single day to try to be better at. And it's something I will always be working on every single day to be better at because as a business owner, you can't, you can't not sometimes let the business run you. Sometimes it, it's a necessity. Um, but if anybody is going to start a business, go into it full feet. Don't ever dabble your feet. If you just, if you're sticking your foot in the water just to test the waters, you're not going to be successful. If you're going to start a business, you need to go in head first, jump in and go. And you have to push, you have to grind, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort, you have to put in um, your inner why of why the business needs to be started, why you want to own a business. Don't go and start a business because you hate working for somebody else. There has to be a bigger why than that. There has to be a bigger why than just, oh, I want to be in control of my own time. Um, that's a good why, but there needs to be something bigger that's going to drive you, that's going to make you grind, that's going to make you push and make you um, be successful because you don't start a business to fail. You start a business to be successful. And if you don't put in that time and you don't put in that grind and that, that effort to do it, you have no business starting a business. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Those are good wise words of wisdom from Kyle. 
Yeah, I like. So just to, what what's your business? What's your, what's it called? My business is Arches Roofing. Cool. Sweet. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on and telling us about yourself and your business. We really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, it was good to have you. And yeah, I, I felt like I learned a lot and just really appreciate everything that you had to say. And thank you so much. Yep, of course. Happy to be on and, and thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Okay, talk All to right. you later.